while they're coming up, who's been around for our sermon series on transformation? Who's been drawn from that? Awesome. If you haven't, we just feel as a, um, as a ministry, God's given us a new mission statement. And can we actually put that up there? Our mission is transformation, a transformed people equipped to transform their world. So, yeah. So we have just been really digging into that. And today's going to be the, I mean, we'll always be discussing it, but today's kind of the end of the series. And we just wanted to have the core team come and share just uh, different testimonies, different breakthroughs. And, you know, it's good to draw from several different wells, right? Because what Tom experienced may be different than what I experienced, right? So hopefully that you, you just get to draw something out of that. And if you haven't been here, one of the reasons we've really gone with transformation is because change, you can just kind of change and change back, right? Transformation's like the caterpillar into a butterfly. You don't go back to being a caterpillar, amen? Um, when you receive just everything that Jesus is doing, it's, it's meant for all the rest of eternity. You just carry that now. Um, that's a portion that you have. Okay, so I sent this team questions. We're just going to run, run through them today. And just share some different breakthroughs and stuff. So starting with just what testimonies have we heard or experienced in this season of transformation? How's this affected people's world or your world? Whoever wants to go first on that. I don't even see the mic. Uh, <laughs> oh, we haven't. All right. So you guys have the mic. I think Shane went first last night. Did you go first on the? <laughs> it's on. I've, I shared this when I preached a few weeks ago, but it's so good. I just want to share it again. It rocks me every time I think about it. Um, I've actually heard a lot of testimonies lately about people coming into their their destiny in a process of transformation whenever they thought it was supposed to happen sooner. Um, we had friends in Sacramento. We actually have a friend from Sacramento right now. Will you just wave your hand. We love her. Her name's Natalie. If you get a prophetic word for her, give it to her. She loves it. Um, but we were in Sacramento, and we have a friend there that she moved um, from Hillsong. She was on staff at Hillsong. She's married, and her husband's amazing. Obviously, they moved um, to Sacramento uh, to be a part of Jesus' culture. And they had a prophetic word from Sean Bowles that God was going to bless them when they got to Sacramento. Like it was going to be a blessing and she had had all these words spoken over her life, a very powerful woman, a very powerful couple, a very dynamic couple, um, a lot of favor on their life. Well, they get there and things did not pan out the way they were thinking when they got there. They were like, this is not what we expected when we were expecting the blessing of the Lord. You know what I mean? So they get there. And these things start surfacing in their lives because they've always been going after the spiritual stuff, but never working on marriage, like never working on relationship, not being emotionally healthy, relationally healthy. So they get there and their life kind of starts crumbling below them. And they're like, what is going on? And then God just started speaking to them. I'm doing something different than what you were thinking. And they started pursuing fathers and feedback in their life and their marriage got completely restored. They were completely transformed. Transformed enough where they can get up on stage and be raw and tell you everything about it. Like there was a transformation that happened in them. And when I when they actually moved here six months ago to, like they just called us one day and said, hey, we're moving to Texas. And we're like, all right. Well, we're moving to this city called Kyle. Have you ever heard of it? 
Um, yep, I, you could say we've heard of Kyle. So they get here, and they've been here for six months, and they're like, we're not going after spiritual, like, we're not pursuing dreams right now. We're going to continue building with God and working on our marriage and growing, like, whole and healthy and, and building relationships with people, which if you know them, it doesn't sound like them. They end up going on a family vacation to Disney World, and when they get there, they start having all these dreams at night. They're reminded of, like, I had a dream to work here when I was a little bitty kid. And the last night, they had a dream, and in the dream, um, the people at Disney World, the gates were opening at Disney World, and the whole staff was there with their arms wide open to them and said, welcome to the team. So they woke up, and they were like, maybe I should put in my job application. They remembered that that was their dream as a little kid. They put in their job application. If you know anything about Disney World, everybody and their mother tries to get a job there, and most people never even get a response. They called them back within a few days and offered to fly them down there and interviewed him and hired him. Yes, but it wasn't God started speaking to them. It wasn't until they embraced emotional transformation and relational transformation that God could trust them with the dream that was in their heart. That's an amazing testimony. There's so many more, but that one is amazing. I've, I've got actually two. Um, so... First one, um, just over in the school. They're actually both about the school because that's just where I've been spending a lot of time. It's like I work there now. Um, and I, I was an English major at Texas State, and I, I love reading. I, I'm pretty cool with grammar and everything. But one thing I am terrible at is sentence diagramming. It doesn't make sense to me. I don't know why we need to do it. Um, that's the youth pastor speaking, not the vice principal. It's important. Um, so I... Claudia Donkoff isn't here today, but she teaches our 7th and 8th grade girls. And she and I have just been praying over the girls, especially the ones who are just not getting work done and, and struggling and stuff and just declaring over them. And she asked me to come up and work with a girl on her English pace. And I'm like, all right, wheelhouse, here we go. We sit down, first page opens up, sentence diagramming. And I'm like, oh, God. All right, so it's going to have to be him. Like, I can't do it on my own strength, that's for sure. So we sit down and work. I probably give the worst tutoring session I've ever done. Um, and, and we just struggle and learn through it. But as we're going, I'm just feeling the Lord, like, just declare things over her. Just speak like you're, you're going to be great at this. You, you've, uh, you're an excellent student. You're really, you know, I just see that you're wanting to do this. You know, you responding to me, that tells me that you're, you're ready to just grow in this and be amazing in English and, and sentence diagramming. So we just do that. And I talked to Miss Donkoff on the way out, and we just kind of talk. All right, God's just going to move on her, and and she's going to get from her. She's going to get the hunger to learn and do well. Right? It passes on, um, you know, a few days, and I'm dealing with other stuff and everything. And Miss Donkoff had shared with me at some point, you know, just the desire was growing in there, and we just, you know, prayed and declared, you know, transform her as a student because she was not getting just even the the minimum done there. So it really needed to turn around. So I'm sitting in my office, and, you know, you always want to be even keeled. I'm learning this from Mr. Lunds. Whenever, you know, the secretary say, there's a student that wants to see you, you're just like, please, God, let it be good, right? All right? I know you guys never do that. Like, uh-oh. Um, so this young lady pops in and goes, I took the test on, uh, on what we went over and everything. I'm like, yeah, I got 100. 
<laughs> she was like, it was just all there. I just had, and let me just speak to, because now I'm the, the caterpillar butterfly guy, right? Um, it was already in her, right? When, when a caterpillar becomes a butterfly, it already had, the, the potential was in there the whole time. We just have to speak and encourage it out, all right? Uh, one more quick one. Our volleyball team went to a tournament, and they were playing a team that one of their girls, one of their starters, was wearing a knee brace because she had torn her ACL and was just coming back to play. And she went up for a ball, came back down, and they heard the noise, and everybody knew um, that ACL went out again. And so she's in hysterics, but her whole team is in hysterics because they just went through this trauma with her. And so, you know, the courtesy is, like, you take a knee, start praying, but our girls run to the coach and just say, hey, we want to go pray over the other team. And, and if you have the time, look up, um, just Mike and Christy Stewart posted on Facebook some of the pictures. You can't see the other team in some of these photos because our girls are so covering them. Like they're just all on top of them, praying with them, crying with them, grieving with them. And the dad of the girl who uh, injured herself emailed our coach and was like, we'll never be the same because of the way you raised our faith that day. It was powerful. Um, so in that, we're just, uh, you have to realize that we can release transformation just just in the simple d- declaration or just believing that God can do it. Amen? So, all right. We ready for number two? Okay. I promise four, five, and six we take way more time on. We, last night we spent forever on four, and that, that's okay. All right. So how do we avoid, I think uh, Tim and Shane kind of talked about this one some when they preached together. How do we avoid just trying to change ourselves or thinking we can do things on our own strength and instead lean on God for transformation? And, and what are differences we see in, in trying to do it on our own and allowing God into the situation? I can go. All right. <laughs> um, this is probably going to combine a few of the questions. But, but uh, so I feel like in this season, God has been really going a lot deeper in um, a specific area that I think I just naturally have um, – maybe learn to go to when certain things happen. And it has to deal with um, a response of fear when specific things happen. Like um, just for one example that I'm having, like God's putting, he's like got his light on, is I go to fear sometimes when my kids even get like sick, right? And so um, this is like something that it just, has felt kind of like I naturally go to. Does anybody else have any of those? <laughs> it's like um, a, a doorway or a gate in our life of something, and we just naturally go to that place. And um, through this, in this season, he's really been like, hey, I want to I wanna rid you of that. Like, I want to get rid of that. And so how many of you know that, like, we're kind of like, okay, well, how do I get rid of it, Right. Like, I want to, that's not, I don't want that to be my default because I know that perfect love casts out fear. I know all of that truth. And in the process of it, it's usually pretty raw, right? Because you're kind of in the midst of it and you're feeling it. And, you know, you're like, I'm feeling these emotions and this is where I go to. And so throughout this kind of process, um, you know, I have really close friends that I've shared with. and um, And it was so cool because, in the midst of the process of the rawness of it, I, my friend would call me. I have a specific friend that in this instance, the Lord has really used her. And she'd be like, this is what I feel like the Lord's saying. 
And these are the keys that I feel like he's giving. And it was like a missing piece that I had. And what it was, it wasn't like you need to do anything. It was more like when you feel that, just understand that that's like maybe a, a door that you've allowed to kind of be a pathway in your mind of going. And that just invite like Jesus to come into that place, invite his blood to just wash over that. And it was the verse she gave me was the verse I shared at the, the beginning of today was the rivers of living water are actually to flow out of us. So those places, those doorways maybe that we have that they could be fear, insecurity, or whatever it is that God is, is putting his finger on in a moment in your life, and it changes, it's different things, and, and he's so gracious that it's not all at once, right? Because we'd be like, whoa. But um, that those are the places where when that happens, when that thought comes, it, that's the place of inviting Jesus into that place. And just saying, just let your river flow in me so that it flows out of me. Like, I just replace that fear with your love, knowing that you are so for me. You're so for my kids, you know? I'm, like, still in the middle of it, so it's raw. (laughs) But it was, like, so amazing because he just, he comes, and he comes in community, and I'm getting into all the other questions that we're going to (laughs) answer. But I, I don't think, for me personally, I know that transformation, it's always worked out in the context of our relationships. It's always worked out there. And so we can't do this on our own. And it's always that opening of vulnerability and allowing somebody to come in and, and support you through it and let God wash those places. Let his blood come in and just just be that pathway so that a new place of transformation I'm sorry, I'm so emotional, <laughs> but it's obviously something I'm walking through. So that that your your point of reference is him, and it's not that same place that I don't I have to go to that same place. And I can tell you that I've been pressed in that in several different areas in this season. And the amazing thing is that I'm not going there in that moment anymore, right? And that's transformation, and, and God uses those relationships in our lives to bring the answers and to bring the encouragement and to bring the pieces that we don't have, right? <laughs> and so um, I just feel like I'm supposed to release that. If you feel like there's a, a, a gate or something in your life that you always go somewhere, just raise your hand to heaven. I feel like God just wants to release yeah. Father, we just thank you. Father, we just, we give you those places. We give you those places where we go. It could be fear. It could be insecurity, where it's the instant response, Father. And right now, I ask that as we present those to you, that your blood would come and just flow over those gates, flow into the inner parts of our being, God, that there would be healing, that there would be a replacing of whatever needs to be replaced, God's going to give you what replaces that thing, that rivers of living water would flow out of us in those places, God, that it would be a new a new day even for those places that we've gone to to the wrong thing, God, that we would go to, for, to the right place immediately. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, in, in one of those ways... That, that we do that is 
we, we behold him. Like it talks about in 2 Corinthians 3.18. So all of us who have had the veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord who is spirit makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. So one way to become like him, it says we behold him. And I, and I think sometimes we can look at that and we're looking at back because we're talking about transformation is we can see that and we're thinking like, okay, as I'm beholding him, he's pulling back layers of an onion. But the whole onion was rotten. He had to throw the whole thing away and start a new creation. Right? It's not like exactly like pulling back layers of an onion. The devil is not sharing a bunk bed with, with God inside of us. When we became a new creation, we became something completely different. Completely different. A butterfly never says I'm a caterpillar saved by grace. It's left the cocoon behind. It's already a butterfly. I remember when someone came to a restaurant, they're like, brother, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. And I'm like, not if you're a Christian. You've already became that something. And there's movies that are so prophetic. Like there's the movie The Lion King when Simba forgets who he is. And he goes and, and the monkey smacks him on the head. So you've forgotten who you are. Go reflect the Lord's glory. It's prophetic. Go look at your dad. And as he's looking at his dad, he sees who he really is. You're not becoming something new. You're becoming what he already sees. You're becoming what he already sees in you. What he already says about you. What he already thinks about you. It's amazing. To go along with that... Um... I think it's talking about the transformation process and how it's different when we try to do it and when God does it in us. And um, we, I talked about this last night. I think our idea of transformation is a lot more, we're harsh on ourselves, at least in my life. I tend to be more harsh on myself than God is. Um, and I share this, that when years ago I got a prophetic word from someone and they said, God sees you as obedient and I'm thinking in my head, no, this is not God, because I know I'm not obedient. I mean, my first response to God is always no. So, no, this is not God's word to me. But the second line of that prophecy was, even if it takes you a year or two years to obey him, he still sees you as obedient. And that's what Shane was saying. God sees us as the new creation, we tend to be harder on ourselves and we don't see those areas of transformation or we may see them, but we see everything else that's not there yet, right? And so when we do it in our own strength, of course, it's tiring. It also doesn't work. It doesn't last because it's not true transformation. But when we do it with God, it's that, oh, yeah, you know, I am a child of God. I am chosen. I'm not forsaken. You know, when you, you have those um, God thoughts and not just being um, too hard on yourself. I think for me, it's um, the Lord just was speaking to me on this, and he used the phrase self-help versus salvation. Um, that self-help, another way to put it would be the trends of the world versus just the truth of God. There may be things that come in seasons, right? You see it all the time on talk shows and everything. Like, what's the latest way to, to get yourself out of a rut so you can get back into it so that next year you can find the new book that tells you how to get in the same rut, right? Does that make sense? Um, sorry, does nobody know who Oprah is? Um, <laughs> that's right. I'm taking on the man. Um, woman, in this case. 
But salvation, the, the key is like Shane was talking about, we need to understand it's an eternal truth that it doesn't change. It's always Jesus died on the cross for our sins. We receive it, came back, came back and gave us power in the Holy Spirit. Amen. So we just walk in those things. Um, but it's understanding. That's why um, the helmet, um, that's the one of salvation because it's putting on the mind of Christ, right? It's receiving the full revelation of, of how much your salvation actually carries. And if we're doing that, um, then we're seeing that we're not leaning on our own understanding. We didn't make the armor. We're just, we're putting on the armor he made for us. Um, all right. So kind of going along with that one is um, how do we walk in a life where his power is coming out of us, but also renewing inside of us or, or basically living in a miraculous transformative world uh, in our environment, but also it's still going on inside of us. Whoever wants to start. Well, if we're a new creation and we've heard we've heard that since we're a new creation and it says in the Bible that as Jesus is, so are we in the world. That looks like something, right? So from what I've found is. Is okay if he's living inside me, the fullness of him, and if I'm just like him, then I need to take risks and figure out what's that look like. If there's power inside of me to get it to come out, I have to I have to activate it out, right? I have to take risks. And there's an evangelist, and I can't remember Robbie Dawkins that was talking about um, that every time someone's killed in his city, he'll go to that place and he'll actually say, "Okay, Satan's taking one person here. I'm going to make him not want to do that anymore, and I'm going to take three with me. I'm going to get three people saved in this very location." So when our when our daughter started getting sick last week, um, I was like, this isn't happening to my little girls. I'm going to the gym. And when I get there in the morning, I'm going to minister to three people. I don't even care if I work out. I'm going to preach to these people and I'm going to love on three people Well, I get there. And the first one is I look at a guy and the Lord said, that's one. And I was like, Lord, but that's the one that was hitting on me like a few weeks ago, like and, I, and he was like, I want him. And I'm like, all right. And then immediately, I just like, okay, I have something for him. I don't know what that is yet. But as I'm walking up to him, I just start getting specific words about things that happened to him when he was five. And before you know it, I just have feel love for him. And it's just flowing out of me. And he's just like, oh, my gosh. Like, you could just see, uh, you could see something tangibly happening. And I'm like, Awesome. Just going to be honest, the very next person, I'm like, all right, like, it's flowing today. The the transformation is flowing out today. Woohoo! Well, I get to the next person, and then I feel like I got a word of knowledge for him, and I release it. And he's like, no. And I'm like, whoop, missed on that, missed on that one, right? How many of you know sometimes it's easy, like, oh, my gosh, maybe we start looking introspective of, like, maybe I don't need to do that again. Or, like, oh, no, maybe no more risk. Maybe something, oh, my gosh. I don't know what I'm talking about, right? And I'm like, all right, that's not happening. Where's the third one? So I look over at a girl, and I walk over, and as, as I'm walking over to her, I see her grab her knee, and then I just saw pain shoot down her shin. And I'm like, is that me or is that you? I'm like, well, I'm just going to go for it. You live in me, right? You're speaking to me all the time. Yeah? So I walk up to her, and she's wearing those yoga pants that girls and guys wear now apparently um and uh 
guys look nicer at the gym now than girls do. Anybody notice that? <laughs> Off subject. So I go up to her, and when I'm walking up to her, I realize that I clean her pool. She lives in a house that I clean that woman's pool, and I say, hey, by chance, do you feel pain in your knee that runs down your shin? And she looked at me, and she raised her yoga pants up. She was like, yeah, I do. I had an injury, and it, I don't even feel my shin. And I prayed for her, and she started touching her shin. She goes, oh, my gosh, I haven't been able to touch my shin and feel anything. She goes, is this, hap- is this real? I was like, you know Jesus, right? I can see it. She goes, I know him, but not like that, you know? So I think transformation can happen in the form of risks. Like if we believe we're like him, it's not about performance. Well, I missed that one. I must not hear from God. That must not be my gift. Keep going. He's speaking to you. He is. You know, just to follow up on the Robbie Dawkins thing, too, you can look it up. It's, it was Aurora, Illinois, where they did that. And they went from, they were in the top 10 violent crime cities in the United States. And then one, uh, there was a year after they started doing this, where I think it was 2012, the entire year, no murders, no homicides for the entire year. They had police chiefs from France and Germany come over to ask their police chief, how'd you pull this off? And he told them at the end of the meeting, you really need to go over to this church and ask them what's going on because they're the secret to it. Um, that's a testimony. You can Google it, by the way. Um, like, it's um, it's amazing. Um, so I've, I think um, somebody worded this question wrong. Uh, it was me. I wrote these. Uh-oh. Um, because... We want to have, we want to be an overflow, right, of what God's doing, right? Um, which means it's got to start welling up inside of us. We're the spring, right? We're the river where it's flowing out. So um, you want to make sure, because you can be walking in miraculous things and be totally burned out. None of us have ever been there, right? So what is it? Um, he says it better than me, so I'm just going to borrow from Bill Johnson. Um, nobody tells, like, an oak tree or, you know, the, the great redwoods in California, they drink, like, 50 gallons of water a day. Um, do you know that? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, 50 gallons of water a day. But when they're in drought in California, when they drink 50 gallons a day, nobody goes to them and says, you greedy tree taking all this water. It's just taking what it needs. Um, so you need to make sure you're in a place, whatever you need in the Lord, whatever you need to be drawn upon, whatever, you know, whatever fills you up, you need to be taking that. Um, you need to be drawn upon that. That's not greedy. That's taking what you need. Um, but then the response out of that is just releasing his glory. You should be overflowing. If you're full, you should be overflowing and just releasing it. So, um, it's your responsibility, um, to keep stoking that fire. It's your responsibility to keep things fresh. Um, and when you do that, you'll see that just releasing miracles and having the faith for situations that might be difficult, it'll be there. So, all right. A large part of, tra- oh, do you have, oh, that was her glasses, not a microphone. All right. Um, <laughs> a I large part of transformation. Oh, I do have one. You do have one. All right. You're not putting on glasses. So. I think one of the hugest keys for me in that, especially with taking risks, because I think that is, if you're going to release it in the environment of the people around you, it takes a risk. It takes you stepping out. And um, one of the biggest things for me is, obviously, we know who he is, and then we know who we are in the context of who he is. And there's like a million scriptures, and I usually... If I'm going to go do something crazy, like, you know, pray for somebody. We prayed for, like, people that are have died and, and different things like that. Or if I'm just going to pray for a healing or release a word. 
it's just I know I have those the truth of his word like greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world I'm seated in heavenly places with Christ um, there's so many right that we can grab hold of that are the, that are the foundations of the miraculous flowing through us and it's just knowing that it's a knowing it's a knowing in your spirit and then then as you walk it out and you and you release those things it's coming out of that place of knowing who he is and knowing who i am in the context of who he is right and then we can we can actually release the miraculous and release transformation to those around us when we know the know that all right this is where tom comes alive he likes question four he did last night at least uh, a large part of transformation is the cocoon of process, all right? I, I combined Shane and I's sermons there. Um, how do we recognize when we're in this part or mess, and what, is God, uh, what has worked for you to thrive in those seasons where we're just going through process or, or transformation that, that takes time? You know, I'm kind of stuck because I have a, a page full of notes, but I've been looking at you guys for the last 10 minutes, and... I feel like, I know this sounds a little bit strange, but I feel like I, I, I got a picture like God would look at us at a distance, if I can just use that analogy. And, and then I began to see, you know, sometimes we are so caught up in, li- in life and living, just trying to make ends meet accomplish our our tasks on our purposes and just do the daily whatever responsibilities that we have that sometimes we don't think forward enough to where we're at and where he wants to take us and i look at you guys and i just see a like there is a a huge wealth of of quality there's a huge wealth of potential, some potential being fulfilled and some still to fulfill. There's, there, you guys, I wish you guys could see yourselves. Y'all are amazing. Y'all are really precious. You, you guys are like jewels. And transformation is something that happens, it happens, we grow because we are what Shane and, and Chris both, I guess, have said to us, we're going to grow naturally because it's in our DNA to grow. And so sometimes I think, and then Kathy shared this last night. Actually, she was just repeating Muzz from last week. Remember Muzz said, you fight for yourself first. And then secondly, you can fight for others. And then third, you can fight for your future. Well, sometimes you can go get so stuck in just fighting for yourself or just the the regular things that happen to us in life that you never that it's possible we we jump in and out i know we do but what i'm saying is is it's so possible to get um that our total focus is just trying to survive and not to actually become who we're supposed to be and what we're supposed to be and so i'm suggesting come on jesus because there's, you guys are warriors. You guys are lovers of the Lord and others. 
you guys you guys are treasures to him but i think i think i'm just going to finish this by just reminding you of what shane said because it really struck me last night when he said this we become like the one we behold that's just normal if our eyes are too busy on life, then we're not taking enough time to behold the one we want to become like. And he's the one who stopped. You know, there. I'm sure he had a huge, what's it called, the people who follow you, entourage. I'm sure when Jesus passed by, it was with a bunch of people. And yet here's blind people just yelling out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And he heard that voice and turned aside. And I think it's in all of us. I know it's in all of us. Y'all are treasure. And it's our objective. Yes, to triumph for ourselves. But yes, to triumph for others. And to triumph for our futures. And to triumph for the futures of others. Uh, It's all good. It's all good. But I just wanted to encourage you to take time to behold him because we'll actually become like him. Um, I was meditating on 2 Corinthians. It's um, 5.17 where God calls us a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come, right? And um, this kind of tags on to, I, I got a picture of a child, a baby, a little one, and they don't struggle to grow. You understand? They they crawl, and then they walk, and then they talk, and then they, you know, become, it's like a normal process. It's not difficult. It is who they are meant to be. But a lot of times that, if you see videos and all of that, they start walking because they want to get to someone, usually a dad or a mom who has their hands out, right? And I just saw that, that God just beholds us like that. As we behold him as our father, we grow and we walk and we talk with him and we become who he desires us, you know, desires to, us to be. But I also, in, in 2 Corinthians, it talks the very last verse of that, the very last verse of chapter 5, which is 21, um, says, For our sake he made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Now, we all know that, but I thought, that's transformation. He became something he wasn't. He was not sin. He was sinless. But he became something he wasn't, even to the degree that his father had to turn his back on him. He couldn't look at him on the cross because he became sin so that we could be transformed into the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus so that God could turn his face towards us. And I just think all transformation starts there. It all starts with what Jesus did. He became something he wasn't so that we could become something we weren't. And there it starts. It's like that birth of us, and then we can just grow into that process of transformation from there. But 
um, it just became so real to me that he did that. He he loved us, and it all beca- all because of love. Transformation all comes from love. Speaking into others' lives, as we've talked about, you know, seeing someone who they are becoming, not necessarily who they are now. That's all because of love. It's all what Jesus has done for us. So um, it's not difficult. Please please hear me. It's not difficult to rest in who God's made you and and see that process happening in your life. I think one of the, part of the question was like, how do we recognize when God's, you know, doing a specific something in a specific area? And how many of you know that we can get pretty comfortable in our own dysfunction, <laughs> where it seems like it's just a part of who we are? Like, well, that's just how I am. <laughs> and, and sometimes our circumstances will lead us to a place of, I think God's putting his finger on this, right? Yeah, I don't know. The greater way with God is, is he actually just wants to speak to us and say, hey, like, like, let's go deeper here, right? He always wa- It's always relational. And I think we can get to a point where it's like the circumstances are like squeezing us <laughs> to where it's like, what is that saying? Where like the, you, you change when the pain of being where you are is, is greater and, and you have to make some kind of change to get out of it. But really with God, he just wants to speak to us and say, hey, like, let's, I want to, you to be more like me in that area, right? And so I think it's opening our lives up, saying yes, and then asking him, what are you doing? You know, what, are, what, what's going on right now? What am I feeling? What are, where, where do I need to look more like you? right? Let it be this relational peace with him where it's like, what are you doing? Like, where are we headed? What part of me are you transforming to be that new creation? You say I already am. Now let's reveal that, you know? And it's this um, place of a conversation with him and, and a walking out with him. And and it's a beautiful thing. It's a raw, vulnerable place. Uh, but we don't want to be so comfortable in our dysfunction that we continue to live there year after year after year. And, and it's in that relationship with him, his voice speaking and say, hey, th- I'm revealing myself in you in this area. And our yes to him is what invites that, and it's how we recognize it is his voice speaking to us. All right. Well, then we'll wait for the next one. Um, I think part of it, because... Shane, you said something last night about, you know, recognizing process. Um, how do we work in that? Well, uh, I don't remember your exact phrasing, but you said something about, like, God's always going to be working on us, you know. We're, we're always going to be dealing with stuff. Storms are always going to come. It's, it's our response. And I, I would say for me, if, if I were to put it in kind of my phrasing, is um, never think you have it all figured out in God. Um, if you look at the way Jesus did miracles, you know, Sometimes a blind man, he'd say, open your eyes, and sometimes he'd spit and make mud pies and put it on his face. I don't know. Um, so, you know, with, with Moses, he says, speak to the rock, right? Uh, or strike the rock, rather. And then the next time he says, speak, and he strikes, and that gets him kicked out of the promised land. So um, recognizing that, though, is oftentimes if, if you're in a real overhaul where he really wants to transform something big, um, you'll be in a mess. That's why I put it in there. You'll, you'll recognize that part. But Romans uh, 12.2 has just been one of our key verses for this. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
Oftentimes we stop there, but there's more to the verse. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's perfect, what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Those are good promises there. So when we go through transformation, when we've renewed our mind, when we put on the mind of Christ, we, it actually says we'll be able to test and approve what God's will is in a situation. Um, how many want that anointing just to see every time, right? The, the paths he's setting us on, um, can I say this? Um, really, for us, it should be, there's one option. It's the way God's set. Um, it, it's where his glory is. Everything else is not going to lead to the result you want. So when we're transformed, when we, have, when we think like Jesus, basically, then we're in a place where we can test and approve, okay, I'm thinking like Jesus so I can see this is the path. This is the way to do it. Um, and that's how you thrive in it because he wants you to walk all the way through it. And it's, it's not about shortcuts or what's the, the quickest way out. It's just whatever way he's decreed is his will. So, all right, number, f- uh, number five, right? Yes. How have you found that being in community helps each person transform faster, better, stronger, more often, whichever one? How, how's being in community help with our transformation? Yeah, this one has been a really big one for me, especially when I first started working, walking with God. I was just, I was spending all my time with him, and I'm like, I really don't need people in my life, like it's just me and him. Is that, it's that nomad thing. You know, the people who bounce around, they're like, I don't want people to see what's in here. I just want them to see the surface stuff, because if they see the surface stuff, they're going to love me, but if they see what's really going on inside, like, that's scary, Right? We won't let people love all of us. We just show them what we want them to see. And walking in community and discipleship is we we take that word discipleship and in America we make it only about Bible studies. Right? It's a discipleship group. Let's get together and study the Bible. Like I love the Bible and I think it's great to do that. But that's we're, we're missing something here. Right? I've never seen someone transform just by reading the Bible. I haven't, right? But the Bible is very, very important. But it's meant to be walked out in relationship with people. The word discipleship, it actually finds its root in the word discipline. The word disciple that it talks about in the Bible finds the, its, its Hebrew root in the word disciple or a discipline. But discipline can also mean, even in their culture, to reason with. Like a father would sit down with a son and see something going on in their life and say, Okay, like, there's something that's holding you back. Let me reason with you in this area so you can grow. It's not meant to be a bad word. We look at the word discipline and it's like, discipline. Hit it down. Judge, right? It's time to discipline. No, it's a sitting down and reasoning with. That way you can grow and learn. It said that even Jesus had to grow in favor with God and with man. How did he grow in favor with man? He grew, right? There's, there's some things that we want to do, and we're like, all these things are not happening in my life, and I'm hitting a ceiling, like in my relationships, in my job, and it's like I'm hitting this ceiling. But sometimes we just need to be able to have authentic relationships where people come up to us and say, I know why you're hitting this ceiling. Like, we have blind spots. We need community. We need people to be able to come in a loving way, point out, hey, like, I know what's going on here. Not in a bad way. I love you. I'm trying to help you. And I'm going to love every part of you 
if you'll swallow your pride, because that's the thing. We become, there's this thing of insecurity and pride. We'll put up this wall. We don't want none of that. And you're not going to receive grace to move forward because what does it say? God gives grace to the humble and he resists the proud. Like there has to be a level of humility and allowing people into your life and speak things that may be hurtful, but it's, but it's for your good. So I had to embrace community and I had to embrace people telling me maybe things that really hurt. Right? I got a blind spot. I don't want you in here. I'm a, I've been on the mountain. I'm praying, seeing people heal, and I'm prophesying. It doesn't matter, right? Even non-believers can do that, right? But it takes a real person pursuing God that will let other people in. It says we're the body of Christ, right? It says we are his body. So when someone's speaking to you, it's not like, oh, I'm going to wait on God to speak to me. God is speaking to you. We're his body on the earth, right? Well, I'm just waiting on a download from heaven. Heaven's speaking to you through that person right there. It's his finger, and he's thumping you, <laughs> right? Someone's the heart. Someone's in the heart of God, and they're feeling the heart of God for you, and they're speaking to it. Hey, this is not going well. We, we have to open ourselves up for that kind of relationship with people to grow in favor with God and with men. We have to do it. And I think those relationships take a lot of time, and they take a lot of vulnerability, and they take a lot of opening yourself up in ways that you wouldn't normally. And it takes the sting out of it, though, right? When it's real like that, because you know how much they love you. So it takes the sting. Yeah. And you can feel that. And I have a relationship in my life where I don't, like, they may give me feedback, but for some reason, it doesn't even feel like feedback because I know they love me, and I know they're like, I just want to see you go further. And so it, it takes that sting out. Now, I think if you try to do it outside of relationship, it gets real messy. Like, you don't really have real fast. You don't have a plate. Like, there's nowhere to stand in the relationship, so it's just like you're just falling through that thing, and there's a lot of offense, right? And so th- this this type of transformation, it, it takes an opening up of that hu- place of humility, really, of like, I actually don't have it all together. Like, none of us do. Sorry if I'm like, <laughs> yeah, pushing a button there. But none of us do, right? We need each other. And there's nothing more beautiful, though, than a relationship like that. That is truly beautiful when you can have someone in your life like Shane gives me feedback. <laughs> and it's beautiful, though, because I know he loves me, and I know he just wants to see me move forward and, and to be transformed and to live that life. So um, this is one where I think the enemy fights the hardest um, is to separate us because he knows what happens when we're um, with others who can speak into our life. Um, he would love to get you isolated Um, that is my default. Yours is fear. Mine is when something's going wrong, I hide. I don't know if others out there do that, but I do. I hide. And um, so therefore, I have already cut off the part of the body of Christ that God wants to use to make me better because I hide. And um, it's, it's not healthy. And you can't walk this walk alone. God hasn't made us. You know, it says, it, I mean, in Genesis, he says it's not good 
for man to be alone. It's not good for us to be alone. And I, I said this last night. This is my soapbox. And if you talk to any of my students, they will tell you that Mrs. Ray is really against technology. Um, one of the reasons is you think you're connected, but you are isolated, period, exclamation point. You're not really in community when someone, with someone on Facebook. I'm sorry, but you're not. It's face-to-face communication that matters. And we talked about this last night. I told Shane, just instead of texting, why don't you call them? Oh, my goodness, hear a voice. You know, you, there's, anyway, there's so much that happens in that dynamic, real connection that you have when someone's in your home or you're at a restaurant with each other. Don't you love going to the restaurants and they're all out together and none of them are talking. They're all on their phones, right? You're thinking, what kind of community is that? We were going together to be separate. I don't know. But anyway, so those, you know, but I believe that is a ploy of the enemy to get you isolated, to get you by yourself. Um, Healing comes through others. It really does. And um, a a precious um, example of this is what's happening in the Whitaker home and has been for the last several weeks. The love of God has been so shown in that family and through that family. Um, It is amazing to watch. The atmosphere is changing, and it's changing everybody that walks in that door. It does, because they see the love of Christ in action. Good, Tom. Okay. Um, just on on the community part, I, I don't remember if it was in the series or not. I just, um, it was something Tim shared about um, dealing with planks in her eyes, right? And um, it's, I like visual representation. And, you know, he did this. And he said, it'd be hard to connect with people if there's a plank <laughs> in the way, right? And imagine if Tom had one, too. I know he won't play this game with me. But, uh, oh, there we go. <laughs> um, see, Tom and I can't really hug, can't really connect, and can't get a good picture of each other's hearts like that. Um, because we've got blind spots. And, and we work together in a lot of capacities. I, I'm blessed because I get to spend a lot of time with him. And, and if I've got junk in the way then it's going to be hard to take input from him when we're dealing with critical issues in the ministry. Amen? Um, so uh, that's a, a huge part. And, you know, Shane kind of touched on it. You've got to have, and Wendy, you've got to have people that you're willing to let in, that you trust, go in and, and pull things out of your eye and pull things. Um, and can I say this? It's interesting you chose the eye because it's a sensitive area. Um, you want somebody with delicate hands that you trust is not going to make a mess and not going to be shaky, and maybe that's done it before. Um, uh, yeah, I'm, the, I'm the, uh, the allegory guy, so use that as a picture for, of your heart right there. So um, in that, though, a, a big word he's given me on this one is, is recognition or recognize. So first, it, it's you've got to have people around you that you will allow to recognize and pick at uh, problems you've got going on. And it, the example I gave last night is, you might be speaking to somebody and we might have something important going on or, or you know, you're kind of at a, a high or mid-stress level. And so you talk to somebody and you think you're good and then your good friend comes over and goes, 
were you being a jerk to that person? I'm like, no, I wasn't, wasn't trying to. I'm like, well, your attitude was kind of, and you go over and go, hey, and, and they're like, yes. And you're like, was I being ugly with you? And go, well, maybe a little, you know, you're like, oh my goodness, right? Um, we don't, they're blind spots. You don't see them. That's the point, right? You don't see what you're doing sometimes. But if you have that person around you that you trust, if you, you should be multiple, um, they can speak into it. You know, I think everyone up here has totally allowed each other just to go, hey, um, this has got me concerned for you. And, and it comes out of a place of love, right? Not of you got to fix, you got to be better. But instead, hey, I love you and you got, you got junk on you. Um, the other side, though, is the recognition of when God's totally transformed you. Sometimes we have a huge breakthrough and we don't recognize it. Who's ever been there before, right? Of like something major's gone on and somebody comes to you and is like, you're a different person. You go, I am? Well, I guess I feel kind of good. And the word um, for transformation that they use in the New Testament four times we've been talking about of metamorpho, that we get metamorphosis, it's used three times in reference to when somebody's shown with glory. In Matthew, it's at the uh, transfiguration. In Mark, the same thing. And in Corinthians, it's talking about when Moses' face shone with his glory, with God's glory. And in those circumstances, somebody else had to look at him and go like, bro, it's, it's the opposite of what was happening before. It's like not a, pl- a plank in your eye or a blind spot. It's like, did you know you're covered in glory right now? That's how we need to be in community, amen? It's like, hey, good job on that. You are shining bright. And you look amazing. And let me share a testimony on that. It's a few years old, but it's going to carry power until, like, I'll preach this one for my coffin. Um, Ty, I think you were there at YFN one year where they preached on forgiveness. Uh, Yeah, do you remember this? Okay. Um, They preached on forgiveness. It was excellent. And there was a young lady that, uh, in our youth group, that forgave someone she really needed to forgive. And it was powerful. The next morning, we all got up for breakfast. And a different person, I'm telling you, her face was different. She was shining with the glory of the Lord. And people were looking at her like, what happened to you? You look like it took, like, there's glory. Bro, you got glory all on your face. Can I get some of that? Like, it looked like a different person, right? I'm not, I'm not making this up. Um, because that burden came off, and she shone with the glory of the Lord in that situation. Um, so, yes, part of the point is to be in relationship for correction, for discipline, but also to recognize you've got something good going on. And I'm going to encourage you in that. And also, can I get some? <laughs> so, all right. Uh, last one. How do we release transformation to people around us? How have you seen this released in you or in others? I'll just say a quick one. Don't cut people out of their cocoon. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you, c- all right, uh, let me stop. Parents, raise your hand. Okay, parents, well, no, I guess parents, your hands are up. All right, future parents, raise your hands. All right, you're going to be, I'm not prophesying marriage right now, but I I am saying, but listen, although you would like it if I did, but but I am, I am saying this, you are going to be so tempted to make everything smooth for your kids. But you have to let them struggle. Because if you don't let them struggle, they're not going to be able to. They're going to come back and live with you after they're married. Okay? 
I, I'm sorry. I learned it from Mr. Lund, so you can, you can complain to him. But it's true. Don't cut people out of their cocoon because the adversity actually is helpful. In fact, I read this once. I read that the Russians were beating us into space back whenever, 60s? But they created, and they were spending more time up there, but they created their spacesuit. They created, because weightlessness brought their, their astronauts back like jelly, but so they created spacesuits that that resisted every move. So they're you should create one of those things for the gym. You would make a mint. Okay, so <laughs> wait, what question were you on? Number six. Number six. How do we release transformation to people around us? I think I've found being around people that are living with a breakthrough that I want. Like finding those people. I remember. I was really jealous when I found out, I was also really excited when I found out the woman that I was going to marry had just come out of a year-long internship with Steve Backlund. (laughs) He's the guy that comes here that talks about the renewing of the mind, transformation, hope, um, joy, like having good beliefs, and I'm like, wow, God, you got me a woman that's been saturated in good beliefs for a whole year. This is going to make our marriage so much better. Um, from the beginning, I was I was really excited about that, and I remember when I got there, um, I noticed all of the ones that had been around him. A lot of my friends were interns of his, had traveled with him, had seen how he had lived life with him, had seen how he had handled bad situations, good situations, how he thought about things, and he invited me to go on a few trips with him, in which I traveled with him, and I got such an impartation, um, even. For those few weeks of seeing how he lived his life, the things, how he thought, he would open, he would knock on my door in the morning, and I'd open the door, and the first thing he would say was, "Shane, today is going to be an awesome day." Like first thing in the morning, and I'm like, "Yeah, as soon as I get my caffeine, it will, <laughs> will be." But there's something about like even when we're around people like that that I've noticed even for myself and people that are very respected, people that carry a lot of um, anointing. That we start receiving, we're like, I feel like I'm giving a double portion right now. And what I mean by double portion is you start to see their weaknesses as well. Right? We can get around people, and one of our biggest enemy is being around people that you see them in the beginning, and you're like, these people are amazing, and then you start getting familiar. Right? The Bible talks about if you receive a profit, you receive a profit reward. I used to think, well, if I'm receiving what they're what they're saying, and like I go give a bunch of money in the offering basket, I'm going to get to prophesy better, <laughs> right? But the reward is you're actually receiving the impartation they're giving you, and it's changing your life. So I find people that have the breakthrough that I want. I'll find books of people that have walked through the same things as me and are experiencing breakthrough, and I'll glean from them. And, and my goal is not to get familiar because you'll start to see those people, and you'll start to see, well, that ain't, mm, that ain't so great about them, right? Like I said last night, all leaders, everyone, I've walked with leaders that are world-renowned leaders that are very put up on a pestle in the body of Christ, and I haven't met one that doesn't have a toilet in their house. I'm going to tell you, we got toilets in our house, right? We do. 
I know that's a shocker for, for some people. We have toilets in our house, okay? Like, there's something about being around people and recognizing the good in them and what they're bringing, the anointing that they're bringing and receiving that and not becoming familiar with it. Familiarity can be an enemy. It can. Surround yourself with those people. I also just want to say you all have transformation to give away. All of you do. And it's all going to be different. I mean, with my students in my classroom, um, we do a thing in the spring where we honor um, each other. And I tell them all the time, I said, now don't say, oh, I love your hair. Or you have really pretty teeth. Or, you know, you play volleyball really well. I said, no, find the, the quality, the gifting that God has given them and speak to that. You know, it may be that they're a good listener. It may be that they give great hugs. It may be that they're sensitive to someone when they're hurting. We all have transformation to give away. Find what that is in your life. Find what God has done in you and give it to others. You don't have to be a leader. You don't have to be a teacher. You just have to be a friend. Just be a friend. Yeah, I just want to add, the Bible tells us life and death are in the power of the tongue. So we can literally release transformation because we carry the words of life. I mean, how many of us have acted upon something because someone gave us a prophetic word or encouragement or something of just that fueled your fire, right? Um, so I could tell you that part of a huge part of it, just seeing transformation is whatever you've seen. It's kind of back to what Muzz said last Saturday is, you know, once you win your fight with your lion, then you show other people how to win their fight with their lion, right? And... Um, we, in order to have transformation, we need to be giving away our transformation. But I'd rather just illustrate to you through a story, um, through a testimony. So um, there's Billy right there. And I thought, hey, Billy. Um, Tim's already picked on him once in this. It's because he's gone through radical transformation. His whole family has. And if you don't know the story, um, ran out of gas, driving here. Yeah, I ran out of gas here. Heard there was going to be free breakfast tacos because all of our outreaches have free food. Uh, it's key. Um, and heard you could get a free meal and you encountered this man right here. And the way Tom, you need to have Billy tell it to you sometime. But the way Tom came, it was not so much welcome. It was, uh, we've been waiting for you and here's your place here. And, and that's, who's heard that testimony before? Awesome. Well, let me tell you the, the fulfillment of it, where it gets better. Because a few months ago, um, Billy and Jennifer helped start um, a Hayes County food bank distribution center right on our front porch. And as people come through, Billy tells them, like, I encountered the Lord right here, and all my junk fell away right on this porch. So that's why I'm serving you food, is because you're going to have an encounter with the Lord that's going to set you free. It's a full circle. Whatever his, his transformation, he's giving it away every Thursday at 5, right? <laughs> Come on. That's a testimony, 5 to 6. That's right. <laughs> and tell your friends. Um, God has a beautiful way of bringing things all the way around, right? Um, Moses, you think you're going to be in the desert. I'm sending you right back to where you came from, right in the household that raised you, and you're going to set the people free, you know? Um, so when you receive that transformation, go right back out, recognize right where the, the spot the Lord encountered you and just pour it out for others. Um, you'll, you'll see great things come out of that. All right. Um, Tom, did you have just something that doesn't, doesn't happen to me uh, very often? I know it in a vision cause I'm not on the floor. It wasn't a trance cause I didn't go out of my body. 
But uh, I, 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 all of a sudden, I just saw y'all disappear, and I saw a picture. Y'all were talking about process, transformation being a process, and I saw a construction site. And uh, I think it was building skyscrapers, a big building. And you think about it, a construction site's not a beautiful site. It's usually piled up. There's tiles of dirt. There's old broken concrete, rebar sticking out of it, lumber piled over here. And it, it just can look like a real, real mess. Signs around it, uh, you know, traffic being detoured around it. It's not very organized or beautiful or anything like that. But then I saw the foreman over here, and he had the blueprint. He knew what it was to look like. He knew what it was going to become. And so, praise God, Jesus has the blueprint. Sometimes when we're going through transformation, it seems like a mess. It's not real pretty. But he knows where he's, he knows who we are, and he knows what he's going to build. He knows what he's going to do. So don't give up if you're in the process and you look like a construction site. Still schooling us. And it's, it's funny, that reminded me of something that's been coming out of my late, uh, mouth lately is uh, process must create a product. There should be a place that you're getting to. Like, what a terrible thing to go through the cocoon and everything like that and then have no wings and not be able to fly. Uh, what a bummer. <laughs> so make sure we're going through it. Like, I, I want to get my wings, and I'll do what it takes, um, even if it's messy. Whew, so many things, because um, I was even getting text messages from California from our senior pastors, so don't forget to say this. Um, I'll, I'll sit for this part. Um, uh, we shouldn't have to, to say this, but um, go vote. That, that's the, the point of the text message. Please vote. Vote in godly people. Vote in where you see the vision. And if this is a time of stress for you and, you're, and worry and everything like that, Read your Bible because wicked kings could be saved and turn around and save nations. Um, so um, so go. It took me an hour, uh, but I voted. Um, but go out and do that, please, please. Um, Tim and Elizabeth are out at, I think right now, the Mission Church with Dave and Deb and then going to Bethel. They do two leaders advances kind of in the same week. Um, and... Uh, and we have a present for everybody. Let me get that. We have, yeah. Oh, we have a gift. Um, we can't throw candy anymore because we ate it all. Um, we've got magnets. So, yeah. Let's say it's all about transformation, all right, with the little logo we created for a trans- Yeah. Um, so we probably won't have one for every member of the church, but I'm assuming you have um, in your household just maybe one, maybe two fridges max, okay? So get one for your family fridge, okay? Or the apartment fridge, you, you, your, your dorm fridge, you college students. Um, but be sure to get a magnet today. We want everybody, just stick it on out there, um, everybody to be able to have that. So let's all stand up. And I've asked Tom Ray to, to pray for us, and then I'll dismiss us. All right. Hey, would you um, just either put your hand on the person's shoulder next to you, if you know him real well. If you don't know him real well, just maybe hold hands, whatever. <laughs> Isn't that more intimate? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, guys, make sure you're asking for the date and not the girls. I, I'm just joking right there. But um, all right. Listen. Yesterday we were at a funeral, and let me just say this, to the Whitakers also, I just, it was on my heart, I wanted to say, well done, you guys, well done. What can I say? You guys are walking through a tough one, and I say, you are doing it in a good job, and, and I'm proud of you. I just think you guys are doing a great job. 
All right, I had a funeral yesterday for Noah Gallagher, who's a pastor from this, for his wife. Uh, oops. Um, his wife, Jan, who's been wrestling a sickness for 25 years. But anyway, there was, I don't know, six or 700 people there, I think. There was, there was a huge contingent of Hill Country people from the early days. And there was some amazing leaders a lot of amazing hill country leaders. And one of the things that I felt like I heard from the Lord very clearly years ago, I don't remember exactly when it was, but it, it was this. I heard him say, a new class of unusual leaders will again arise from hill country. I heard those words. I've always waited and waited and waited until uh, I think it was a couple of summers ago, maybe three summers ago, but I saw some young people standing here, sorry, Chris, right here at the front, and we were in the second song of worship, and I specifically heard the Lord. I wasn't thinking about anything. I'm just singing the song. And I heard the Lord say to me very clearly, there's your new class of unusual leaders. Because I've been waiting for 10 or 15 or more years to see them. And then I went, oh, my goodness, those leaders, I've been waiting for this huge influx of college students. And I think, and that still is to come. But I was waiting for that, for those to come, thinking that our leaders would come from that group of people. And then I realized, no, the leaders are being raised up from within us. And as I looked at you this morning, I thought, there they are, there they are, there they are. And I was just looking. You've got it on you. It's in you. You guys are unusual, and you're going to make a huge influence and a huge impact on your world. Because when, once we transition... From just trying to take care of ourselves to the place where, no, I'm here. God blessed Abraham so that what, Jimmy? So that he would be a blessing. You see that? God is blessing us so that we will be a blessing to those that are around us. It's vision for every one of us. Don't get caught up in your own life. Yeah, you have to take care of yourself. But make sure you're living for others. And ask him. To, to give you that vision. That's what I'm going to pray right now. All right, brother. I know you. Hands gone on the shoulder. Bow your heads, please. Close your eyes. All right, Lord. There's a great group of people standing right here today. And Lord, I'm going to ask you to do something very unusual in their midst. Lord, I'm going to ask you to transition them out of living for themselves and just to survive. And I'm going to ask you. And, and there's a... And I'm not saying that we're all doing that. I am not saying that. But Lord, I'm going to ask you to do a significant thing in us so that your blessing that comes into our lives is automatically turned outward to be an impact and an influence on those that are around us. So saints, I want you to uh, repeat after me, please. Thank you, Jesus, that you are blessing me and you are changing me. And you are transforming me so that I might be a blessing to others. I will influence multitudes. I love people. I love you, Lord, with everything in my heart. And I am, I am here for others because I love them. And I will make a difference. In Jesus' name, amen. 
All right. If you need prayer for anything, oh, thank you. Um, if you need prayer for anything at all, the altar team will be up here. Don't forget to get a magnet. And yes, uh, one per household, please. Um, and Tim Elizabeth Darnell, our senior leaders, are in California. But I'll be out in the foyer, or you can grab some of the other staff if you're new with us and want to learn more about the church and our ministries. Otherwise, have a blessed week.